0: Uh, But let's ask God to help us as we come to his word. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly father, we thank you for Christmas and the story of Jesus coming into our world to reveal you, to rescue sinners, to rule the world. Uh, Help us as we look at these three things over the next few weeks. Please remind us again of how much we need Jesus and why it's so good to be counted as one of his people. Uh, please meet, use me and Scott next week as we preach these talks. Uh, may your spirit help us as we teach your word uh, to do it faithfully, explaining it clearly, applying it thoughtfully. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, how good has it been to see people in the flesh again? Uh, it's been a month or so now since kind of long lockdown kind of ended and many of us started returning to church. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I'm still having... Are those moments where I'm seeing people kind of face to face for the first time in ages. And those moments I think have been great. See, while Zoom uh, was a good provision, it still is, uh, it's never really compared to the in flesh meetups that we have with each other. Uh, glitches and mute issues make the flow of conversation on Zoom just that bit annoying. Honest and open conversations can be hard through a screen, particularly if there are other people there listening. Zoom's good, but it's limited. Uh, Just this week, I spoke face-to-face with someone from one of our online Christianity Explored courses uh, this year who I've never actually met before in person. It was just lovely to sit beside them, to chat easily, chat openly. I could read body language uh, much more easily offline and without the mask too, which is good. Uh, I learnt more about that person from our short, in the flesh conversation that I reckon I did from kind of eight weeks of meeting online, uh, it's good to see people in the flesh because that's where we get the whole picture, the whole person. That's how we help. That's how we're helped to know them better. Well, the same principle kind of holds true with God. When Jesus came to Earth on that very first Christmas, the world for the first time got a glorious in the flesh meeting with God. No heavenly barrier, no masks, no Zoom, just God in the flesh in Jesus. See, we know how good it is to get the whole picture of someone in person. Tonight, we're going to think about how good it is to get the whole picture of God in the person of Jesus. So what we're going to do is look first at how the Bible speaks about God revealing himself in Jesus, and then we'll think about three big aspects of God's revelation that actually help us to know him better and respond rightly. We'll consider the way Jesus reveals who God is, his good character, what God has done, his life-saving mission, and how we should respond. God's call to believe in Jesus. So before we jump straight into those things, let's think about the big claim of the Bible, that Jesus reveals God to us. Now, when you think of Jesus, what comes to your mind? A good man, a great man, myth, revolutionary leader, a prophet, a holy man? Uh, One of the more popular ones that I hear from time to time is that he was just a, a really good, righteous and wise teacher, maybe a little bit like Gandhi, someone who taught others how to love one another, someone who spoke truth to the power of his day. Now, at one level, Jesus was a very wise teacher. He did teach us to love one another, and he did call out the corrupt ruling class of his day. But the gospel writers, those people who knew him, who had lived with him, they actually tell us he was so much more than that. They make the claim that when Jesus arrived in history, it wasn't simply another wise teacher coming on the scene, but God himself. And you see this in the familiar uh, Christmas story account from Matthew's Gospel. Angels are, are said to appear to Joseph in a dream, and they tell him that Mary will soon have a baby. She will give birth to a son, they say, and you to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Now, all this took place to fulfill what, had, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. See, when Jesus shows up, it's actually God showing up in human form. The Apostle John likewise states that Jesus was God come to earth. And you might have noticed that as you listened to Helen reading the passage. John chapter 1, verse 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 there. That word, which was God, became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18 No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. When Jesus comes into the world, God is revealed. Now, while it's true that God had revealed himself in the Old Testament through his savings acts with Israel, the law, the words of the prophets and other various ways, he had never revealed himself with the kind of clarity he does in Jesus. He had never before entered into our world in a way uh, where people could see him, touch him, eat with him, question him, hear him. That kind of full revelation only happens when Jesus arrives. As Paul says to the Colossian believers, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's why John writes in John chapter 1 again, verse 14, we have seen his glory. It's like the apostles are saying, we've seen God at work in Jesus. Jesus controlling the weather, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, forgiving sin, rising to life. We have seen God the Son in all his glory. There's a line in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which I think we're singing later, that really captures the glory of God revealing himself to us in human form. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man... With men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Every Christmas, many people within our society sing those words at their local Christmas carols. But most of the time, I just think we kind of let those words wash over us and we kind of fail to see how remarkable they are. The almighty God, veiled in flesh, was actually pleased to come and dwell with mankind. Doesn't that just blow your mind? I'm waiting for the year when the hosts of Carols by Candlelight, the Sydney May Music Bowl, just get struck by the enormity of those words when they hear that song sung. You can imagine it after the choir has sung half the Herald Angels Sing, Alison Langdon turning to David Campbell. Did you just hear what they sung? God became a man? When did I miss this in the rehearsals? That's huge. See, we need to let let this wonderful truth of Christmas sink in. When Jesus came to us, God came. Jesus reveals God. Uh, There's a lot of focus on the baby Jesus at this time of year, understandably so. Uh, You see pictures of him on cards. Uh, You'll see him in shop windows. And sometimes these cute little pictures of Jesus elicit what I've referred to in the past as the awe factor. You see him and you just like, oh, he's cute. Well, God's word reminds us that we should move from an awe factor to an awe factor, A-W-E, where we, stand, where we see Jesus as the revelation of the almighty God and we stand in awe. So that's the big point. Jesus came to reveal God to us. The Bible tells us there are kind of three big things God wants us to know about himself through this wonderful revelation of himself. Who he is, like I said, what he's done, and how we should respond. So first, uh, Jesus reveals who God is to us. He shows us what God is actually like. And this is Uh, something I think most of us would be kind of keen to know, right? We would want to know who the Almighty God is. Uh, In Joan Osborne's song, which was a 90s classic, One of Us, uh, she kind of explores this question about knowing God. The chorus says, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? See, if God was one of us, would he be kind of like us? Would he be a bit slobbish like we can be? Would he kind of act like a stranger on a bus, absorbed in his own world and his own affairs? What would God be like if he was one of us? Because God does become one of us, we can look at, in Jesus, we can look at the life of Jesus to get the answer to that question. Jesus is, as Paul again says to the Colossian believers, the image of the invisible God. When we look at the image of God in Jesus, we get the picture that God is exceptionally good. See, all you have to do is actually read one of the Gospels in its entirety. Uh, They're like a biography of Jesus, if you're unfamiliar with them, to kind of find out what he's like. Uh, The life of Jesus was marked by compassion for the poor, the vulnerable, the marginalized. Jesus had the kind of compassion that would reach out to a leper. And touch him when everyone else would bolt when they saw him come their way. Jesus was marked by the sort of kindness that helps a newly married couple when they're about to run out of wine at their wedding. I think that's kind. The kindness that gives a, a widow back her dead son. Jesus was marked by the kind of genuine empathy that would stand by the graveside of a friend, and grieve with those who are grieving. Jesus was marked by the kind of loving honesty that doesn't just say what we want to hear, but says what we kind of need to hear, stuff about the danger of sin, our need to repent. Jesus called out hypocrisy, stuck by his mates, looked after his mum, and loved his enemies. Because Jesus loved us so deeply, he willingly laid down his life for the sake of others, which we'll think about in a moment. But you see, what do you see when you look at Jesus' life and his death? You see a man you cannot fault. You see someone who is incomparably good. Colin Buchanan, a Christian singer-songwriter, I uh, wrote a song uh, called You'd Like Jesus. We were chatting about it in Growth Group uh, just last week. And uh, one of the verses says this Well, if you like strangers who'll stick up for the little guy, if you hate make believe religion that's all a big fat masquerade, if you like courage that can be as strong as thunder and tender as a tear beside a brother's grave, you'd like Jesus. You see, the truth is, I think that most people, when they actually get to know Jesus, Really like him. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago the comment from a person in our Christianity explored course last year. After the course, I asked her where she felt she was at with God, and she replied, "I'm I'm still not sure I'm at with God, but I love what I see in Jesus." But you see, the good news for that person and for all of us is that what we see in Jesus is what we can know about God. he is God with us he is the revelation of who God is as the author of Hebrews says the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being now maybe you're still trying to figure out where you're at with God or maybe you're a Christian who just feels like God is a little bit distant or cold to you well I'd encourage you to get to know God by getting to know Jesus Make this Christmas season a time to just read through a gospel. You know, maybe you want to print out the pages, make little notes on the side commenting on what you see Jesus doing and how you see him acting. Highlight things like his care, his love, his understanding. See, that will help you know God better and relate to him better. Uh, But second, Jesus reveals what God has done. You see, Jesus doesn't just reveal God's good character. He reveals God's life-giving mission to save people from spiritual darkness through the arrival of Jesus. And we saw that again back in our passage of John chapter 1, verse 4. It says, in him, Jesus was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. See, it's a horrible thing to be trapped in darkness. You might recall the story of the 12 Thai boys and their soccer coach who were rescued from being stuck in an underground cave system back in 2018. They had gone in to explore an elaborate a Thai cave system, but a heavy deluge of rain flooded part of that network and left them stranded on an elevated rock 4.2 k's from the mouth of the cave. For 10 days, this soccer team was trapped in the depths of the earth. No light, no real hope of survival, and it wasn't until their plight kind of went global that the whole world rallied its emergency resources together to pull off an incredibly difficult underwater rescue. To imagine being stuck on that cold rock in darkness for 10 days. How awful would that be, right? But imagine the joy of these boys when they saw that first little kind of glimmer of light bubbling up from the water. Imagine their elation as the torchlight from the two rescue divers finally broke through the water and flooded their darkness, suddenly they've got light, suddenly they've got the hope of life again. John reveals God's big plan to to save mankind, kind of like a rescue mission, to bring light and life to a world trapped in spiritual darkness. See, in the Bible, God is described as light, which is often connected to the idea of him giving life. That is why Jesus, who reveals God to us, speaks of himself as being the light of the world. You see it there in John chapter 8. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The reason our world is described as a dark place in the Bible is because we have cut ourselves off from God, the source of light and life. Instead of loving our Creator, we've ignored Him. We've lived life on our own terms. We've acted in ways that displease Him and have hurt others. Now, we might not think some of this is a big deal, but the holy and just God finds our thanklessness, our apathy our heart rebellion against him, offensive and worthy of judgment. See, like the soccer team in the cave, we've kind of all wandered into dangerous territory. We've become stuck in spiritual darkness, cut off from the true source of light and life, hopelessly waiting a grim outcome, described as God's judgment in hell. But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, On that first Christmas, it was though our world saw the first glimmer of light bubbling up out of the darkness. As Jesus grew and became a man, it was like God the rescuer stepping into our dark cave to save us. In the mission of Jesus, God reveals to us his big plan to save us and to give us light and life. And Jesus does this through his death, on our behalf, for the forgiveness of our sins. He reconciles us to God again by taking away the sin that separates us. Jesus came into our world to save us by dying for us, the scriptures say. Mark ten forty five. for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, in the Christmas story, Jesus is worshipped by the wise men because they rightly see him as a newborn king. But notice, this king was not served by the world, but served the world. This king lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died, and he rose again, showing his power to give eternal life in the face of our death. Uh, We often like to share our Christmas plans with each other about this time of year, where we're going, what we're planning on doing, uh, where we'll be going over the break. But Jesus shows us that God also has a Christmas plan that he wants to share, and it's his plan to save the world through this baby Jesus, who was born to die. In Jesus, God reveals his life-giving mission to save a world trapped in the darkness of sin. And so we've seen how God reveal, Jesus reveals God's good character. We've seen how he reveals God's mission to bring salvation to our dark world. Finally, Jesus reveals how God wants us to respond to all of this. See, Jesus didn't just go around showing people what God was like, and nor did he simply only reveal what God was going to do and how he was going to save the world. He appealed to people to respond in the right way So they didn't miss out on this life that the good God is giving them. God wants us to receive the life of Jesus by believing in Jesus. This is why John says in John chapter 6, But this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life and I'll raise him up on the last day. See, what is God's will for us? What does he want us to do? To believe in Jesus, to receive him and all his saving benefits, like you would a Christmas present, something that is not earned or deserved but freely given as a wonderful gift by a gracious God. And you notice that God could not, uh, Jesus could, John could not be clearer, that God's gift of life in Jesus comes by grace. It's not earned. If so you look back at John chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God gives his gracious gift of Jesus to the world, and he appeals to us to receive it, to believe in Jesus as the one who can save us from our sin, the one we must follow. Uh, Over the course of this year, I've been given one or two of those Coles-Meyer gift cards. You may have also received them from time to time. Uh, But if I'm honest with you, I haven't actually done anything with those yet. They're still just sitting on my desk at home. Now, I know it sounds like a lame excuse, but I just feel like I've been too busy to use them. Though someone thoughtful has given them to me as a gift there's a sense in which I've not really received them as a gift in the truest sense yet. I've not really, I've not taken it and enjoyed its benefits. It's just been sitting there. It's been given but not received in some way. And it can be a little bit like that with God sometimes. It's possible to treat God's infinitely greater gift of Jesus to our world In a similar way, Jesus has been given by God to our world. But the world is actually more than capable of failing to receive him and enjoy all his benefits of forgiveness and life. John tells us that, doesn't he? In John chapter 1, again, verses 10 and 11, he was in the world and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. See, when God gave the world uh, his gift of Jesus, many people just let him sit on the shelf, like my Christmas cards. They did not recognize who he was or what he had to offer them. Even many of his own people, the Jews, the ones that kind of should have known and expected him, they failed to receive him too. Some thought he was an imposter and failed to receive him. Some thought they were already pretty good and didn't really need Jesus to forgive them, so they failed to receive him. And I suspect, like many today, some were just simply too busy and just didn't really stop to think the decision through. Because these people left God's gifts sitting on the shelf, they missed out. And we don't want to be like that. Because John says, verse 12, But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name. To those who said, thank you, God, what a great gift. I will receive Jesus. I'm not just going to let him sit on the shelf in my life. I do believe that he died for my sins and that he has the right to rule my life as my risen saviour. To those people, God gave the right to become children of God, people who belong to God, who are forgiven of their dark sin and filled with his light and eternal life. God wants you to receive Jesus by believing in Jesus. Is God's gift of Jesus still sitting on your shelf or have you truly received him? Uh, Christmas is often a time uh, where we make a lot of decisions. Uh, when should I take holidays? Uh, who are we going to invite to Christmas Day lunch? Uh, what am I going to get for my Kris Kringle? They're all good things to think about at this time of year, but actually, in God's eyes, there's only one decision that matters at Christmas, and in fact, at every point. And it's this Have I received Jesus? Am I walking in God's light or am I still in darkness? See, there will come a day where uh, my Coles My gift card will expire and I'll miss out entirely on what's on that card. Don't let that be you with Jesus. Don't find yourself having run out of time, standing at the judgment seat of God, devastated that you left God's gracious gift on the shelf during your life. This Christmas, God is holding out life and light to you in Jesus. Receive him with thankfulness. Now, if you want to talk to me more about that afterwards or you want to make a time to chat about that, by all means do so. But to those of you who have received Jesus, I think it's worth reflecting on the glorious uh, privilege of being counted as one of God's children, which we've read here. See, John writes in another letter about this new identity. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Dear friends, now that we're children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. To be counted as one of God's children is a glorious truth that just changes everything for a believer. It says to the person that they are not a child of the world anymore, but a child of the almighty God. It says that you don't walk in darkness anymore, but in light. So be who you are. Um, What might this look like in some of the usual challenges and temptations of the Christmas season? What would it look like to be a child of God, to live like a child of God? Maybe here's some examples. When your work colleagues or uni mates start egging you on at the Christmas party to drink heavily with them, ask yourself, who am I, a child of the world or a child of God? I'm a child of God. And God's children don't get shrunk, they remain self-controlled. When you start squabbling and getting angry with a spouse or a housemate about Christmas plans, am I a child of God, a child of the world, or am I a child of God? I'm a child of God. And God's children say no to selfishness and yes to humility. When the world starts panicking and giving itself to fear about the next COVID strain this summer, am I a child of the world or am I a child of God? I'm a child of God. My life and my eternity is secure in God, so I'm not going to give in to fear in this moment. I'll keep trusting my Father. And when you fail at all of these things, as we tend to do, Again, we say, am I a child of the world or am I a child of God? I'm a child of God. And God's children don't have to earn their way back into his good books when they sin. They simply need to confess their sin, rest in the forgiveness Jesus wins for them at the cross, and ask for his help to change. So that's what I'll do. You see, it's a glorious thing to receive Jesus, and be given the right to become one of God's children. This Christmas season is actually a great opportunity to practice being who you are as a child of God. Uh, it's, been a wonder, it's been wonderful to see people in the flesh over the past month. It'll be wonderful to see other friends and family at Christmas celebrations coming up. Uh, but we've heard about a greater in-the-flesh encounter here tonight. God made known through Jesus Christ. And in the flesh revelation of who God is, his good character, what he's done, his life-giving mission, and how we should respond. His call to believe in Jesus for forgiveness, light, and life. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus came to reveal you to us. I thank you for the clear picture you give us of your good character and your life-giving mission. Thank you for the clear way you have shown us how to be saved through believing in Jesus. Lord, if there are some who have not yet done this, may they see how good it is to do that tonight. For those who have received Jesus, may we know how good it is to be saved and made children of God. Help us to live out that identity this Christmas season in all we do.